ready in the Serengeti. Ed, Ed, and ready. Ed, Ed, and ready. Ed, Ed, and ready. All right. Welcome to another episode of Dual Senses, the PlayStation podcast in which we give our two senses on all... Two cents on all things PlayStation. Jesus fucking Christ. Census. This is the census. Take your fucking census. Uh, check your boxes. And, and you know, let me know about your demographics. Because this is the dual census. So there's going to be two of them. So you're going to fill one out, and then we're going to send you more letters saying you still need yeah. to fill the fuck out. Yeah, this is your civic duty, though. So you better fucking do it. I'm Stephen Morrow, and I'm joined by Alex Wolf. So let's get this show on the road. We've got a lot of news. We do. It's a lot more than I thought we would have. We got little bits. We got big bits. We got a fucking ginormous bit. And then a bit that... Yeah, we do have a lot of medium bits. There's one bit that you would think would be ginormous, at least coming from me, but there's another one that is even more ginormous. Lots of bits. All them bits. Big fan of bits. I like bacon bits. Bacon bits. Eight bits. 16 bits. Mmm, 16 bit. 32 bits. 32 bits. Megabits. You know, back to the 16 bit. I'm not as huge as a fan. So while I like the idea of that bar, and I have fun when I go there. Oh, the bar. There is a bar called 16 bit. Yeah, the barcade. Yeah, over and over the Rhine. And it is over and over the Rhine. Huh. Over and over. Is that the way to say that? I don't know. Over and under the Rhine? (laughs) It's not under the Rhine. It's 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 in. It's in over the Rhine. In over the Rhine. Uh, Fun place. (laughs) Cool stuff. God, I fucking hate when there's just a bunch of people there, like, just conglomerate. I mean, obviously, it's not like yeah. that now. So where you can't play any of the fucking games, which is, like, the biggest appeal that you can play games for free and drink. Mm-hmm. I mean, you pay for the drinks. But, like, and then there's people that just aren't doing that, but they're staying in the way of everything. So it's just like, God damn. I will say, I did, I, I don't know, are they even still open? I did like Arcade Legacy more. Uh, th- yeah, they're still open, or but, still. I mean, it's probably, you know, with coronavirus and everything it's probably pretty yeah. limited as what you can and can do i just like the game selection more at arcade legacy yeah um, yeah I, know, I get that but and the drinks are less expensive well see i think the hard part for me is like i can't compare that fairly because i can never get a chance to play any of the fucking games at 16 bit because everyone's in the goddamn way not playing the well, game so this is my issue though a lot of the especially the pinball machines they're just broken at 16 bit Really? Yeah, and there's nothing worse than spending your hard-earned quarters on a pinball machine that doesn't work. I never touch pinball machines, really, so... I'm I a big fan of pinball. Mm. I've got some favorites. I really like Funhouse. Mm. That one's really good. Um, I like the uh, the fucking the medieval one with the castle. And, like, the castle, like, breaks. You storm the castle. That one's really cool. Yeah. I don't play pinball to know what you're talking about. Whatever. The reason why I like Funhouse <laughs> is because it has an animatronic head. Okay. I think his name is Rudy, mm. and you have to uh, progress the clock of the game to midnight, and then Rudy goes to sleep, but he sleeps with his mouth open, <laughs> and then you shoot your balls into his mouth. That's how you kill him. <laughs> Choking on balls. It's a, it's a hell of a way to go. It's an interesting game. Pinball's great. <laughs> <laughs> so, any user, Steven, what have you been playing? How things uh, been? I've actually... I started up Rainbow Moon again on okay. my Vita. Um, it's a game that I keep wanting to platinum, but it's just really long. It's like hundreds of hours. Really? Uh, yeah. I didn't think that game was that long. I I mean, I haven't played it, but I would not have There's thought a it was a big one. shit ton of content, lots of grinding. It's a strategy RPG. 
Yeah. Uh, but it's like a little bit more accessible, so it's not as difficult. It's just there's grinding involved. So that kind of sucks. Gotcha. But uh, it's nice for like if I'm at work and it's slow, mm. just whip out my Vita, fight some monsters, level up some people. I've been jumping into the DLC for Spider-Man as well. I saw that. I was a little, I was confused at first. I saw you playing it, and I'm like, he's playing it at home, and I'm like, he played. I'm like, oh, I guess he's doing the DLC finally. Like, huh? Yeah, because I never played the DLC on the original, and my idea is I will play through it on my PS4, then transfer the save, and then get the trophies on PS5. Hey, there you go. So I've I've I dabbled goal. a little bit in the uh, DLC as well and with remastered, which I'm glad I waited because it gives me a reason to actually fucking play remastered there on the PS5. So that's good. Yeah, I'm actually I'm pleasantly surprised by the DLC because it's more involved than I thought it would be. I don't know why I thought it was anything different, but like there's actually little self-contained stories. There's cutscenes. Mm-hmm. I thought it was just going to be a bunch of side missions and like time trialy shit. I think a lot of people. I think. A lot of single-player-esque games nowadays, especially when they're narrative-driven and the, the story kind of wraps up, a lot of... I feel like a lot of games just kind of tack on, like you said, time trials or, like, side quests that don't really affect anything at all at the end mm-hmm. of the day. Um, so I think that was a big reason why the City That Never Sleeps DLC for Spider-Man was so highly praised was because it does very much expand upon the narrative provided by the first game it's a good it's how I feel like single player DLC should be handled where it's not like it is the point five of the game so it's not quite the sequel but it bridges that gap mm-hmm. so and it you know does have an effect that's what you'll see instead of it just being like oh here here's more of the game but it, you're not missing anything if you don't do it where I feel like if you played Spider-Man and you enjoyed it you should go out of your way and play this DLC because it is fun um, it is well written it's on par with, i think with the rest of the game while sure it's not as consequential as the events of the first game it is still a nice uh bridging point moving forward yeah i was i was pleasantly surprised i still i'm not like super like engrossed in the story but i'm more engrossed in it than i thought i would be mm-hmm. just because of the nature of it yeah but the dlc was free uh I don't. I don't remember how I got the DLC, but I didn't spend uh, money on it. It was the uh, our retail training site. Oh yeah. Okay. It's so I got a code. code. Yeah, a while back. Um, but yeah. So figured I might as well try that. Hmm. And I've been enjoying it. There you go. But yeah, I've also. Oh, okay. So speaking of Marvel, this is not necessarily PlayStation related, but I've actually been watching WandaVision. Mm. And as somebody who doesn't really give a single fuck about Marvel the Marvel Universe or superheroes that much. Uh, WandaVision's really good. Yeah, I like, like it. I, I like it. <laughs> I enjoy watching it. I'm... I think my only gripe is, like, episodes are a half hour long. And it's like, God, I'm... Do I have to wait a week for another just a half hour? Yeah, that I, is true. I'm like, God, I'm so used to watching half hour long shows and then getting to watch them daily. As a kid, like, growing up, they were... Whether it was reruns or not, that's how it worked. If anything was like a premiere television show, you know, it was one of your hour-long program blocks, mm-hmm. and that's where you got that. So me going into this, that I mean, hell, The Mandalorian was the same way. It was an hour-long episode. I'm like, all right, cool. Well, they did get shorter. Did you notice like every 
every subsequent episode of The Mandalorian was a little shorter than the last. Yeah, but it was like, <laughs> you know, with streaming nowadays, and hour-long shows are now like 45 minutes because there's no commercials. Yeah. So like 40 to 45 minutes typically is how they ran, which I'm fine, give or take a few minutes. It's just, God, wrapping an episode up in 25 to 30 minutes when there's so much like, oh, what's going on? What's here? What's there? This kind of stuff. It is like, God damn, that is... It makes you want more, but I'm going to be really mad because there's still, I only think, we're at the halfway point to the season now. So it's like, that was short. Like, I don't know if I would have rather you guys just release a movie or not, like, if it's going to be this, you know, done in this structure. Yeah. So. That is fair. I I enjoy it. I'm liking what I'm seeing so far. (laughs) I appreciate the accent. You're welcome. So far. So far. But you mentioned (laughs) you were playing your Vita. Yes. I, too, have been playing my Vita. Shiver me timbers. I've been playing at Persona 4 Golden. Hey. Mm-hmm. Vita's the best place to play. Persona 4 Golden. I mean... It's on PC now. It is on PC, but even then, I think the PC version's getting more. Have you seen... So, I was It's curious. just nice, like, snuggling up in bed with it. Yeah. You know? I tell you what, the, the Vita, I always forget how comfortable that thing fits in my hands. Mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of handhelds nowadays are just too... Like, even cell phones too big and it's uncomfortable to hold it for a long period of time like i yeah, bought cell phones a, are just rectangles yeah and but like <laughs> they're just fucking massive yeah for no damn reason so like the vita i appreciate the size the comfortability it's got those little handheld like handholds on the side i small little divots so i don't the divots are fine i don't really pay i'm more along the lines just my whole hand fitting like it fitting snugly in there because mm-hmm. my knuckles rest in those divots and they're already like they're not if they are more, I feel like, concave, I'd notice it more. Yeah. Because I actually wrap my hand around it. But my fingertips and my knuckles just kind of sit on it flat anyway. So it's cool it's there. I'm sure it I helps like people. I like how it feels. But... It's like kind of, not quite rubbery, but it's like, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I It's, it's got that, that soft Yeah, somewhere feel. in between a rubber band and a sex toy, like the way that it feels. It's nice. It's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Not where I thought you were going with that, uh, but it never is. <laughs> it is. You're right. But yeah, so I've been playing that, and then uh, I've been watching Rachel play Persona Five Royal. She's You've been personaed out. I I'm fucking love Persona. <laughs> I will Jeez. never have enough. <laughs> and then Strikers is on its way. I don't God, know if I'll pick it up at launch, but like, I it's just I don't know, man. I don't. I did not think I ever would be like. So when we worked at GameStop, I watched people go crazy for Persona. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, it looks interesting, but it's just not a type of game. I feel like I'm not interested. I don't give a shit, this, that, and the other. Having not have played them. At played them point. at all. Yeah, yeah, I hadn't touched a single one. And then Persona 5 came out, and I didn't get that at launch. But again, everyone and their goddamn grandma was talking about it. And people loved it. And I'm like, all right, I, I will give it, eventually give this a shot. Then Rachel and I started dating, and then her cousin was really big into it. And she spoke the world of it. I'm like, god damn it. Like, <laughs> all right, fine. And then they announced Persona 5 Royal. I'm like, all right, cool. We'll give it a shot. We'll give it a call. Let's try and go for it. And I fucking fell in love. I'm like, oh my god, I I get it. So when are you going to play the dancing games? I won't. Not a true fan. I just, one, I watched you You said you can't get enough. But, so, dancing games, though, just aren't my style. I just, I don't care for them. I thought Persona wasn't your style, Alex. But Persona is my style. But then you played it. Yeah, but the thing is, I like that more so for the characters and the story. And the characters are in the dancing game. Yeah, The but story is there. Even then, I watched you play the dancing games, and I was not interested. Like, when you... I watched you play Persona 5 dancing before I touched any Persona games. 
And if I had gone based off of that impression, I would not have given two fucks about Persona. Yeah, that's true. I mean, <laughs> so I played the dancing game because I'm a fan of rhythm games, but honestly, Persona is one of those series that I kept trying to get into, and mm-hmm. I just couldn't. Like, with Persona 4 Golden, I tried, I just couldn't. Persona 5, like, even watching you guys play it, it's just kind of like, uh, I don't know. I I don't know. I like that kind of, like, I like the style of it and mm-hmm. the stylized presentation. That's why I liked the game Catherine a lot. Yeah. But I feel like thematically and uh, gameplay-wise, I like Catherine a little bit more than Persona, just because... I don't know, and maybe I do just need to sit down and play it. And now that the Persona Five game is part of the instant, yeah, so you have five collection. So you that. Um, but now I got other stuff I got to play through first. Mm-hmm. Um, big backlog. Same. Like for you, Last of Us Part Two. Yeah, which you've been playing as well. I have been playing. Do you have some thoughts on that you want to share? Uh, I mean, it hasn't necessarily changed too much from my last play because again, I'm only playing in like. 20 and a half hour intervals mm-hmm. um i'm enjoying it more like again still enjoying it far more than i enjoyed the first one because i did not care for the first one at all i think this one just feels so much better like just to play yeah yeah yes that and that's all i really wanted out of the first game like while the story was there it was fine it wasn't bad for me it didn't excel in anything for me by any means but if you're gonna have a story like that that's that's how it's gonna present to me I expect mm-hmm. to at least have fun playing it, and I did not. So the second one so far, I enjoy playing. I am having fun sneaking around and taking out um, infected and clickers. I am in. So that's a big thing. I feel like if you can get me to enjoy playing stealthily in a game, that that's boom, I'm in. Because typically, if I don't care for that stuff, I'm going guns a blazing. I don't give a shit. I'm like I just want to chug through this, get through it. But no, I'm very much feel like I'm going to take my time with Last of Us Part 2. So. I'm very excited for you to get further into it. Uh, you've basically completed what I would consider the prologue of the game. Like yeah. the first two or three hours of the game, mm-hmm. I feel like, is just a really big prologue. Uh, but uh, without getting into spoilers, there's some interesting combat scenarios that you get into where I think the stealth gameplay really shines, mm-hmm. and I'm excited for you to experience that, yeah. among other things. Mm. But again, avoiding spoilers. But really cool. Really cool game. Big fan. Yeah. Yeah. Bento agrees. That's one of the one of the cats, which you might hear in the background quite frequently. But I don't know. I don't have the little automatic level control going on, so we'll see. Yeah. But if you hear a meow, it's one of the three cats. Probably Bento. Probably Bento. Any hooser, Steve. We got some news. We got a shit got ton of bits. news. So kicking things off. I'm kicking them. Kicking them. Or axe throwing. Right off the cliff. Axe throwing. God of War oh, receives okay, a PS5 <laughs> update. So originally God of War, if you play on the PS4 Pro, you had the ability to favor resolution or performance. Resolution being the checkerboard 4K mm-hmm. or performance. The game runs at a 60. Or I think it would lock it. Not lock, but aim for 60 frames per second. Um, now on the PS5, you can do both. Hey. Yeah. So, tell you what, I'm kind of bummed, because I would love to go back and play God of War, but I have no reason to. Yeah. Because even, like, so I platinum the game, got all the trophies and whatnot. 
and they, they released a new game plus mode. I'm like, all right, cool. It is one of the only games I can think of that received a new game plus update with no new trophies. That's actually a good Th- point. There I didn't no, even think there about that. There is no fucking reason, like, outside of, like, you just want to play it to go through new game plus, but, like, that's it. Yeah, and see, so that, that, me out. that actually brings up a good point, too, because we live in an age in which sometimes the only reason why people play a thing is trophies. <laughs> and that's not to say that's not to say it's the only reason. Yeah. Like I would still enjoy a game without the trophies. However, I'm only going back to Spider-Man because there's DLC trophies. That's it. If it weren't for that, I wouldn't have even touched the City That Never Sleeps DLC. And the same thing with New Game Plus on Ghost of Tsushima. I love that game to death. But I wouldn't dare play it again if it weren't for that one trophy I think for beating the game on New Game Plus. I think it's just the timing, too. I mean, not necessarily the time, but the time consumption it takes. Like, yeah, you there's, would, there's a it, backlog there, so it's like, if I'm going to play this game... You want something. I want to get something out of it other than saying, oh, I beat it again. Like, that's one of the reasons I was able to play games so much repetitiously as a kid was because I only had maybe five or six games at a time I owned. Mm-hmm. And, that's, and I would play those games for years on end. But now we just live in a perpetual first world problem. Yeah. In which we waste our money on video games that we can never fully experience. On top of getting <laughs> new free games of every damn month. Yeah, it's that's It's like, true. I don't need to go back and play God of War again. I have this Tomb Raider <laughs> game I need to play. So the main points that we're trying to make is we are all spoiled. Mm-hmm. Um, every game should have trophies. And all DLC should also have trophies that are separate from the main list. Yeah, because I'm not. Don't take away my platinum just because I didn't play the damn DLC right away. Yes, this is truth. Mm-hmm. So any any developers out there, also every game should have a platinum. That is also very true. Fucking stop with this like three gold trophies, you're done, 100 percent, no platinum. No, no, every game needs a platinum. Stop mm-hmm. with the bullshit, fuckers. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> there are some great games out there that I, I would love to platinum. But I can't, because it doesn't exist. See, I'll still play a game, even though it doesn't have platinum. Like, I'll still play it to experience the story. I just, there's nothing bringing me back to do extra things Yeah, because of that. So I mean, that's true. But, like, there's a lot of, like, smaller games that are more arcade experiences. Yeah. That, like... I don't know. I know it's stupid, but just having that little nudge of trophies. Like, that's why I'm going back to Rainbow Moon. Because there's a platinum there that's been haunting me. So. (laughs) God damn it. Gotta do it. Anyways, I don't know if we're gonna get through this list. Next up, Final Fantasy XIV. Actually, hold on. I'm sorry. I don't mean to interrupt. But I'm gonna interrupt. Okay. Does the God of War update involve haptic feedback? Or, like, the trigger, the adaptive trigger stuff? Because that axe would feel great. It would. I did not see anything. Damn shame. From what I read, I think it's just very much a visual and performance thing. Damn shame. Yeah. Um, but, yes, yeah, so Final Fantasy XIV is coming to PlayStation 5. There's an open beta launching on April 13th. PS4 owners can upgrade for free um, if they own it currently. Uh, this is also on top of news that a new expansion, Endwalker, is coming this fall. There is a metric fuck ton of of stuff coming to this new DLC. I saw some pretty so, screenshots. Too. Yeah, look, well, I mean, probably cinematic-wise, it's probably nothing I'll actually play well, No, game. there was in-game stuff, too. Hmm, cool. Showing, uh, there was, like, a pumpkin patch. Huh. Uh, so that was nice. There was this one image, this is probably cinematic-related, but with, like, 
it looked like a planet in the background and somebody standing there. It was yeah. cool. Uh, so if you want to check out all the details, be sure to head over to the PlayStation blog for all of the content updates there. I would give Final Fantasy fourteen an honest try if I knew I did not have to also pay like a monthly subscription on top of it. Yeah, if it was free to play, I would be all over it. I With how much money they get from the expansions and then how many people have already paid and then all the cosmetics you can get and all that shit... You'd think they could afford to do that, but no. They're very much going with the old-school premium method well, of honestly, MMOs. That's the thing, though. I, I feel like they just don't need to <laughs> because they already have an audience there. It's one of the best, if not the best, MMORPG out now. Yeah. Like, so, I mean, it's just it's crazy because Elder Scrolls Online, again, yeah. massive fan base. They tried that, and they got shat on, mm-hmm. and they took it away. And I think the big difference, so, though, is Elder Scrolls Online launched as a broken mess. So, I feel like they they had to build up that audience again. Well, so did Final Fantasy XIV, if you remember. That game's a remake of an old online Final Fantasy game, because it was fucking broken. That game launched to shit. I guess that's funny. And so I was like, you'd think. <laughs> like, oh my god. <laughs> uh, like, it's literally Final Fantasy XIV, A Realm Reborn, is a remake of Final Fantasy XIV. Because it's a reborn realm. Exactly. Oh my god, I never thought of that. Because it was ass. An ass reborn. (laughs) So I don't get why they still charge. A a rump reborn? Mm. A rear reborn? Rear born? Speaking of coming to PlayStation 5, but not getting a fucking cross-buy option, Judgment, coming to PlayStation 5. So when I first saw this, I thought it was Eye of Judgment, and I was like, Why? (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Why would anybody give a single fuck about Eye of Judgment? <laughs> uh, but yeah, Judgment, the sort of spin-off game for the Yakuza series that's more of like a investigative detective, detective kind of deal. Uh, but yeah, that one while I wish that there was cross by, that would be cool. I still think this is cool news. I also feel like not as many people played Judgment as they do the straight up Yakuza games. Uh, yeah, Judgment reviewed very well. It did. It just did not take off, and I think mm-hmm. a lot of people were just kind of confused. I feel like a lot of people, if cause it doesn't outwardly state it's a part of the Yakuza, I think like if they called it Yakuza Judgment or Judgment a Yakuza story, it would have done a lot better. But people were, it, it wasn't. So everyone's like, "Who? What is? I cool? Sure." But yeah. so there's that. But it's just weird. I feel like that studio. With Sega, I don't quite get what they're doing because it's the same thing with Yakuza Like a Dragon. On Xbox, you got the smart delivery thing, but PlayStation, you do get the free upgrade, but there's no cross-save. So your progress starts over. And so I don't get... If it if Judgment... If the reason for it is because it didn't sell well, okay, yeah, there's no reason to do it because no one bought it much to where it's going to be a huge detriment mm-hmm. or anything like that. But it's just weird. And even then, there's no there's no update on the cloud save. So there was no talk of that yet. There's been no answers. But I imagine that we're So probably, we don't know if the save is going to transfer. Right. But I imagine that, honestly... Probably not. It, probably not, just given how Yakuza Like a Dragon was handled. Mm-hmm. So that's weird. Yeah, that is weird. Yeah. I don't but, like, I mean, more games available on PlayStation 5. That's nice. Yeah. But I do wish that everything that gets a... An upgraded version would just be cross by. Especially if it's just, I mean, the, this game so far where they said all it's getting is upgraded visuals and 60 frames per second. I don't yeah. think that justifies, and the game's retailing for 40 bucks. 
I don't think it justifies spending an extra $40 on a game you may already have on another console just because of that. That's like me going out and buying God of War again <laughs> for my PlayStation 5 when it's like, I I have it. Like, Yeah. <laughs> Still, it is a great game. Yeah, I heard good things. I Honestly, I feel like if there was ever a time for me to get into a, like a Yakuza-style game, it'd be Judgment. Mm-hmm. So... So this is this next bit of news is something that I'm excited about. Uh, not necessarily what they say. I'll, I'll just say. Gran Turismo 7, uh, the uh, director, creative director, I guess, uh, Kazunori Yamuchi. Yes. <laughs> um, said in an, inter- an interview that Gran Turismo 7 is going to pull from the past games. So uh, with the new one, players should expect a more traditional experience. Um, pulling aspects from 1 and 4, as well as Gran Turismo Sport. Um, so this is interesting uh, because some people don't really necessarily like the direction that Gran Turismo has gone as of late with Gran Turismo Sport, and then there was controversy around like Gran Turismo Prologue back in the day before Gran Turismo 5 came out, things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they've they've been doing some like experimenting with how they delivered the game and the content and things like that. So them saying that they're going back to a more traditional approach, I feel like that's going to speak a lot to longtime Gran Turismo fans. I feel like most Gran Turismo fans are long-term Gran Turismo fans. Yeah. So that's good news. Um, however, I am kind of curious what exactly that means because some of my favorite features from Gran Turismo were new introductions. A lot of it, from what I read in the article, this comes from Video Games Chronicle, uh, is due to just the focus. So while I think... I'm not by no means a Gran Turismo aficionado. If I understood what I read correctly, it is more along the lines of there was no like true like campaign, in a sense, where there like there was in one and four in pre in the last few Gran Turismo titles. Everyone's like, oh, like you had the FIA thing, uh, and sport, or it's like a kind of a circuit kind of deal, and you just kind of you were just kind of playing to play. There was no streamlined kind of focus there which most racing games nowadays, that's a core of it. Like, you have your streamlined campaign of some sort, and then you have the optional multiplayer and online service kind of deal mm-hmm. there, too. Um, and Gran Turismo just hasn't had that in some time. So taking those aspects from 1 and 4, bringing that back, but also keeping the connectivity and uh, aspects of the FIA mode from sport will still be there. So blending the best of what, you know, complemented those games individually and putting it in one. So... See, I feel like Grinter's Most Sport had, like, a shit ton of mini campaigns, basically. Uh, Or championships, I think is what they called them. Mm -hmm. And every, pretty much every update, which every month, basically, there's a big update to Gran Turismo Sport, they added new championships and new races to existing championships. That game is just bursting with content. And I honestly wish more people would talk about it, because I think GT Sport is phenomenal. But, um... I can understand how some people would perceive that as more of like an arcade mode and not as a traditional campaign, just yep. because there's so much of it that it seems like and you're it's just cycling through on a bunch of regular options. basis. Um, but, <laughs> but yeah, I I just I love that game and I'm excited for Gran Turismo Seven, even if I'm not a super big car aficionado or racing fan per se. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just hope that they also keep the whole sort of museum-esque aspect of Gran Turismo well, 5 and Sport specifically. I, didn't, I never played 6. But um, 
But yeah, I, I just, think a lot of people didn't play six. It's because it came out like right when PS4. Yes, it thing. was right so, before it was the summer the PS4 was announced, and it didn't offer too much different from five. So. Yeah, but I'm still excited for that game. There you go. <laughs> cool. Uh, so next up after date. This is the shit that I get fucking excited about. All right, well, Steven, just take it away then, my friend. I didn't know about this until, like, literally seconds before recording. Uh, and Alex knew about this for multiple days and didn't tell me. Because I thought you were doing your job. I didn't know about this, okay? The, the job is to go and find news and read it. Oh, well, I mean, you're really good <laughs> so, at <yeah>. it. That's <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, it wasn't posted on the PlayStation blog, though. Well, but I guess I... it's not, like, a yeah. super big... Like, it's not a blog post-worthy thing. No, this was um, this came from a Famitsu article that uh, was covered by Video Games Chronicle. That's where I got the information from here. But, yeah, anyway, so Tetsuya Mizuguchi. Mizuguchi. Misoguchi. Oh, yeah. I'm awful. Basically, he's the mastermind behind... Games like Tetris Effect, Res, Res Infinite, Luminez, uh, some really awesome audio-visual experiences, I like to call them. Uh, but he has confirmed that he is working on a next-gen game. It is currently in development. And uh, what did you say was the direct quote? Like, uh, that Tetris, or not Tetris, uh, Res Infinite was a prologue? The Area X level which was an update added on to Res Infinite, uh, will serve as a prologue to this new game. So that's exciting to me. Freeform flying. Sparkly space that might also be underwater. <laughs> pretty sounds. Butterflies. Space whales. All to be expected. Because it's all connected. It's all connected. <laughs> Fucking awesome games, though. Like, I'm a big fan. Uh, you mentioned that in the article he was talking a lot about, like, haptic feedback and things like that, immersing people into the audio with mm-hmm. 3D audio. Uh, his games are always... Uh, he focuses on syn- synesthesia? Syn- synthesia? I'll, uh, I'll put the word again. I don't have it's the a, it Basically, um, syn- synthesia... The blending of audio and visual. Well, code. it's actually it's a it's a medical condition or it it's a it's a condition in which somebody's senses kind of get intertwined. So you can like for numbers have colors or feelings have smells, things like that. So your senses get kind of mixed up. But he likes to think of that in terms of game design where uh, for every for every gameplay aspect for every visual there is a sound effect and vice versa synesthesia synesthesia Synesthesia. there we go yep uh so his experiences that he makes his games are always hyper audio visual there's a huge musical component uh usually there's like a sort of rhythm to the gameplay even though they're not inherently rhythm games and i just love that kind of style where everything sounds good even like no matter what you press it's like it's like being a composer for an orchestra, and it usually explodes in colors, and I love it. It makes me cry. I get all emotional. I, I fucking love it. So I'm excited for whatever this next-gen game is. 
very right. excited. Following that, <laughs> Sony gets a 1.9% stake in Kodakawa Corporation. Kodakawa Corp. So for those who aren't aware, Kodakawa is a big name in the manga and anime and and some video game publishing and 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 things of that nature. They are the parent company of from, of from Software. Um, so developers of Demon Souls, Dark Souls, and Bloodborne. Um, th- while it's not expected that we'll see anything massive come out on the games front of this, um, Sony also recently purchased Crunchyroll, the anime streaming platform, and Sony also owns Funimation. So I don't know if we'll see if Sony as a company is just going to get heavily involved in anime and things of that nature, or if, and with that being said, if PlayStation will then also have like a massive push in licensed titles among anime franchises. Um, I mean, PlayStation was the home for quite a while for like a lot of anime, like fighting games like Dragon Ball and Naruto, um, early on with the PS2 and uh, some days of the PS3. So I'm curious to see how that all plays out. Um, the internet seems very excited about the connection to From Software, hoping that that means that there's going to be more sort of PlayStation-centric, exclusive From Software experiences. Yeah. So, yeah, I, that. I think that's pretty cool. Um, but I think the anime con- connection makes more sense, personally. Yeah, I mean, it would be one thing if they were like, oh, we're going to buy, or we purchased From Software, things of that nature. But since they're getting involved with their parent company, and just all the moves Sony's made in the anime front as of late. I see more of that happening. And PlayStation's always, again, they've always had a huge support for anime genre-style games, things of that nature. Do you remember the PlayStation Store-exclusive anime? Uh, Like on PS3? I can't remember what it was called. But there there was like a big creature thing, and it was actually pretty good. Yeah, I do know what you're talking about. Um... I can't remember the name of it. That just popped into my but brain. But yeah, 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 right. Like when they were kind of dabbling in like TV. I, I need to get the name of this because it's going to bother me. But PS3 exclusive anime, which I think now is on some kind of streaming. Probably thing. Crackle, which is owned by Sony. Zam, The Lost Memories. Yeah, yeah. yeah what a that. weird blast from the past. <laughs> Good times. Yeah, yeah, that was like their first foray into that kind of thing. Uh, original programming. They did that. Yeah. They did core the tester power yeah powers powers was weird powers they wanted to be good so bad and it just the first episode was fine yeah i heard it was it did okay it's just no one gave a shit about you know watching television through their video game console at least then here here's playstation's problem and arguably it's not really a problem but playstation i feel like they're always just a smidge ahead of their time like, they do something really good before it's a super popular thing to do, mm-hmm. and then somebody else comes along when it's a popular thing to do. Like, original streaming content and things like that, or even just streaming video games with PlayStation Now. It's like, they jump into these things, and they invest a lot of money, and they do it in a way that works, but is not quite there yet, and it doesn't blow up in the way that it should. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, even like PSP and PlayStation Vita ahead of its time and then the switch comes along <laughs> but like i feel like they should stick with some of these things so i mean so for instance one like when playstation tried to dabble in like television like we talked about with zammed or powers or the tester 
the problem with that was I liked the tester. And that's the thing. None of it those was things, cringy, dramatic. I loved it. And none of those things were necessarily bad per se. Some gay guy one. It's just no one was like, no one was going on their PlayStation Three to say, "Oh man, I can't wait to watch that new episode of Power." Like, no, no one. They, well, I was for the tester though. It, but even then, like that's such a few and far between niche. Like, I don't know what they were hoping. Like that would have to have blown up exponentially to make it worthwhile. Yeah. Like, the fact that it got two seasons was like, wow, okay, I guess. And I imagine that's just because they budgeted it out for that much. Like, we might as well um, and go from there, and hopefully people start talking. I just remember liking the idea of giving someone a blowjob and suddenly getting their superpowers. Jesus Christ. Like, I'd blow Superman if it meant I could fly. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like a lot of people would. But, like, then you have Xbox coming around, and then they try to do it with Xbox One. Like, oh, let's... You can watch, you can hook it up to your set-top box and control your DVR through your Xbox. No one fucking wants that. Yeah. And then PlayStation, again, tries to do that with the PlayStation television thing they did on PS4. No one fucking wanted it, so stop trying. (laughs) Now, I will say, though, with the PlayStation Vita, ahead of its time, fucking phenomenal. I feel like if they had stuck it out, if they had truly stuck it out with the Vita, they could have capitalized very much so on the Switch's success. Do you think on this in this generation, no PS5 generation, do you think we're going to see another PlayStation no. Portable? I do not. I think we will. I think if we were going to, it would have... There'd already be talks. We'd already hear some inklings, you know? Like, I mean, the... we've got seven years, we'll say. But, so, so I mean, even in that time frame, so with the PSP, that mm-hmm. launched around the PS2, and then slightly before the PS3 launched. Yeah, towards the end of the yeah. generation. And then it it hung in there, and then the um, they had multiple iterations of the console. And then Vita came along towards the end of PS3. PS3 leading to the PS4. Mm-hmm. And then it was, you know, for the most part, a lot of people considered it dead probably about three years before the PS5. So it did not have the lifespan... It, that transition of, oh, we're going to launch a new handheld before our next-gen, our core next-gen console mm-hmm. to kind of tie into it, did not happen. And because that didn't happen, and I think the way PlayStation is structuring its things now, where they're very much focused on delivering quality first-party titles on the PlayStation 5, and keeping that... They're not... They're no longer in this field of where they're trying to spread themselves too thin. They very much are like, we've got a thing we do well in, Let's fucking capitalize on it and make sure we crush the competition in this one aspect. Then and only then, let's talk about experimenting. And I think because of that, that's why we won't see... I mean, and that, on top of it, VR. VR did very well on PS4, and yet we've still yet to see what VR will look like on PlayStation 5. We will see VR before we see a PlayStation handheld, and I think we're probably a year, two years before then. If we get a handheld on the PlayStation 5 midway through, it's... It's not going to go well. See, I think there's going to be another handheld from PlayStation towards the end of the PS5 life cycle. Mm-hmm. Like, way towards the end. And I think it's going to be phenomenal. And I think it's going to be sort of similar to how the Switch is positioned, where it's like, all right, all PS5 games, take it on the go. I just don't think it... The, the reason the Switch can do that so well is because the Switch's games aren't... They're good-looking games. They are not power consum. They don't gobble up a bunch of power. They don't need. Yeah, but we're talking about 
seven years of technological advances. True, but... And we're talking about... I mean, the Vita was insanely powerful at the time for the 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 kind of product that it was. Mm-hmm. Like, that predates the Switch. Yeah. And it was taking full-on PS3 quality but games But let's talk about the, the games go. that really sh- shined on the Vita, though. None of them were any of those... I mean, yeah, sure, the early launch titles, you had games like Uncharted Golden Abyss, Killzone, uh, Mercenaries. So when you look at the games on the Vita library that stand out, they aren't these massive, big budget things. They were the smaller titles that did not take a bunch. It, it like was Persona 4 Golden, a small title? Which was a PS2 game that came out in 2008. I know, I'm just saying. But that's the thing. So it could be lengthy, but again, it wasn't a power-consuming game. Mm-hmm. Whereas you're not, on the Switch, you're not looking at that. And I think PlayStation, I need, I think for a consumer group, while, yeah, the idea of that taking these console-quality titles and putting them on the go is cool, people aren't looking for that when they're taking something on the go. They're looking for something they can have fun with, have a good time, but they know they can put it down and get once they get to where they're going to be and come back to it and not feel like, oh man, they're not, no one's playing, uh, I mean, no one's taking Uncharted and playing it in small spurts, you know what I mean? Everyone's taking that and they're playing those games of that nature and that quality and long drives, which is just not the audience typically you would say for, while people do do this with handheld consoles, it's not the audience you're aiming for the handheld consoles. See, honestly, I feel like the more narrative structure of games that PlayStation is known for is more suited for smaller play sessions. Because, like, you can take a chapter of a game yeah. that averages, like, 30 minutes, and then that's good. Like, that's fine. Mm-hmm. You know, when you play Last of Us Part Two, you're playing, you said yourself, for, like, 20 to 30 minutes at a time. Which is not ideal, though. For the, aver- the everyday gamer, most of these people are like, I want to sit down and I just, like, me personally, mm-hmm. I'd rather spend an entire day playing this one game and binging it. As opposed to how I'm doing it now where I'm playing 20 to 30 minutes. I'm playing 20 to 30 minutes right now in this game because, one, I'm not super like, oh, man, The Last of Us. Two, I my day-to-day things, I'm like, eh. I'm watching Rachel play Uncharted, or not Uncharted, but Persona. I'm playing Persona My Vita, and I have more interest in that. And even then, a big thing, like, I've been playing Persona 4 Golden for months, and that's because I'm on a handheld thing, and I have to stop come back and like, oh, shit, what was I doing? Oh, I don't want to deal with that right now. Whereas I guarantee you if I was playing on a console... I'm like, oh, I'm fine. It's just, the while you're right, I totally get what you're saying. That's not what people are doing, though. People are playing these games in long play sessions, and they're not going to want to do that with a handheld thing where they're like, I want to play it on my damn TV, especially if I know that game has 4K res and all that stuff. I want to play it on that, not on this. Now, with that being said, though, tell that to the people who sunk, like, five hours at a time into Animal Crossing on their Switch. Portable, while snuggled up on the couch. But that's the thing, and that's a game, again, that you can do that with. You it, With Animal Crossing, you can turn it on for a little bit, play it, and like, oh, I gotta do this thing, stop, and then come back to it. So and, you're not But people wrong. are still spending long play sessions. It's true. And, I mean, even with, like, clicky games on my phone, mm-hmm. I'm still spending long play sessions when the game allows. Some games just don't allow it. But uh, but even... But still, I think, I think we could go back and forth on this argument on how a PlayStation handheld could be handled, but I think it would be interesting to see a modern take on a PlayStation handheld, especially when the PSP and the PS5 were so ahead of their time. PSP. Or PS, PSP and PlayStation Vita, sorry. Yeah. Uh, 
but yeah, I would I would be very interested to see how that is because I feel like PlayStation has always been sort of on the cutting edge of technology when it comes to consoles and handheld consoles. I think that so I'm just I, curious I, how they would approach that design wise. Yeah, I agree with you that they're always ahead of their time on it. But I always feel someone comes along and it's not that like someone capitalizes on PlayStation success; those people just do it better. I think. I think better is a matter. It's subjective. Um, well, to an extent, yeah. But yeah, I mean, looking at looking at sales and things like that, yes. However, I I I consider Sony to be sort of like the Apple of video game companies when it comes to how they design their products. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm just really excited to see. Well, I don't know what about they would that. Do next. Apple, while well, yeah, their products are expensive. More people own an iPhone than they do any other cell phone on the planet. Nintendo makes cheaper consoles, and I guarantee you'll find more of a 3DSs in most households than you would a Vita. I mean, yeah, that's true. Well, that that that, that defeats the point of it being. I'm Apple. just talking about. <laughs> no, I'm I'm talking about the design philosophy. Okay. I'm talking about the design philosophy, but also more people in the world have an Android device. They're just because that's that's a operating system that works on multiple different devices. It's not one phone, but more people in the world have an Android device because it is less expensive. So, like, that's kind of the same I'm curious, because I feel like Apple definitely has a market share on smartphones more than anyone else out there. I... Because I feel like... I think, like, on an individual skew, probably, but there are so many devices that can run Android operating systems. Well, or or are we talking about... Androids are just more affordable. Well, are we talking about phones, or are we talking about what Android's on? Because you're right, because then at that point we're bringing in tablets, we're bringing in Chromebooks, we're bringing in phones. If we're talking about Android as a, like... We're talking about Google products. We're talking about televisions. Android's on a shit ton of stuff. So we're talking about phones? I'm, I'm talking about phones. Okay. But also, <laughs> like, more people have an Android phone than they do an Apple phone, I think, in the world, just because of how inexpensive it is. It's accessible. Accessibility is, like, the number one thing. That's true. Uh, but anyways, I just think it would be interesting to see a modern PlayStation handheld system. I would love to see that technology. It is a pipe dream, but maybe we'll see one during this generation. Maybe. I don't buy it. But, any hooser. Moving right along. Prince of Persia. (laughs) This fucking game. Gets fucking delayed indefinitely. (laughs) When this game was announced, Prince of Persia Remastered, people were like, oh, that's amazing, Prince of Persia Remastered, we love that. And then they saw the teaser trailer. (laughs) Yeah. So I feel like the teaser for that game, so when I saw it, I wasn't like, oh, this looks terrible. That's not what it came to mind. I was more confused. I'm like, did they just change the look in general? Because at the time, on the PS2, the game was praised for its visuals because it had detail. It had a level of detail that you did not see in games that time. Yeah, and it had like amazing animation quality. It was so fluid. Yeah, and then this one had looked like a Fortnite. everything was very it looked cartoonish there was no detail on the character models whatsoever it was just like i would argue that when it comes to artistic direction it looked inferior to the original like yeah it it just changed and it was like i don't let's not mince words it looked like fucking hot garbage this was a steaming pile of shit in my opinion yeah well well, (laughs) you're not mincing words then That's why I, th- I was like, this looks different. Like, this is not what I was expecting out of a remake, especially with a game 
well, the next two installments were extremely fucking gritty. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, ah. So the fact that this was delayed indefinitely, that says to me that they saw people's response and they're like, okay, we need to either do this right or not do it at all. Oh, yeah. And I'm hoping that they do it right because this is coming off of Final Fantasy VII Remake. All of these different HD remasters and things like that uh, where these games are getting a new breath of life. You know, like with Crash and Spyro, Final Fantasy VII. Resident Evil. Resident Evil, Jesus, yeah. And then for Prince of Persia to come out and be like this half-ass thing. And I'm sure a lot of people spent a lot of time and, and, you know, worked hard on this thing. But I think that that creative direction or that vision was just not necessarily there. Um, It was missing the mark. And especially when we are inevitably going to compare it to other types of remasters and things that have come out. Uh, So... I'm hoping that this means that they're going to give it the full treatment that Prince of Persia deserves. Yeah, I think that's very much, like you said, with the full treatment. Ubisoft have been working on Immortals, Phoenix Rising, Watch Dogs Legion, and Assassin's Creed Valhalla, all while this Prince of Persia game was being developed. I just feel like they've spread themselves thin with what was going on. So it just did not get the attention. Like, oh, yeah, it looks fine. And it probably looks fine for, like, in their eyes, like, oh, this looks pretty good from how much time, like, comparatively speaking, how much time they probably put into it. Mm-hmm. And when you're, like, again, when you're the consumer and you want to play these games, you're like, what? You say that this is supposed to be this, but it's it's just not what we want. Like, we'd rather you this be the one focus you have and you well, do it. Didn't all of those games that you mentioned get delayed? Watch Dogs, um, Assassin's Creed, Immortals? They did, but they then all launched damn near at the same time. Yeah. But I I feel like they... Prince of Persia had to have been in the works that entire time that those games also got pushed. Well, that's what I'm saying. So those games, they were trying to develop four games at once. Yeah, which and Ubisoft Prince has done. But Prince of Persia was not the focus. Now, at the same time, I don't know who's developing, because Ubisoft also has, like, three different development teams. Mm-hmm. So, and they've, while they've put out games at the same time, you've, typically we've seen in the past so far an Assassin's Creed and a Watch Dogs game launch relatively close to each other. But that's typically it. If we got anything else, it was, like, Rayman or uh, Child of Light, which was developed by UbiArt, a studio totally separate from those two studios developing Watch Dogs. I want Dogs. more of those. So, so it, it was... When things of that nature, it's like, oh, okay, yeah, of course everyone could pay their full attention. But I don't think that was happening. I think there was another... One of those three development studios was also working on Prince of Persia, and they just did not put the time forth to it because they were trying to make sure Valhalla or Watch Dogs was going to launch when it's supposed to be, especially after it got delayed. Mm-hmm. Well, I hope that this disappears for a little while, and I hope that when it comes back... It looks how people would like a modern Prince of Persia to look, or I hope it doesn't come back at all. Personally, I think I think one way or another, I don't think this game will ever get scrapped. I don't think it will, just because if it does, it'll come back in like another year or two. It'll still be a Prince of Persia Santa Time remake. How it looks, it it's just because so many people have been asking for it, and it is a cash cow. It is a golden goose egg for Ubisoft if they do this right. So, but if they do it wrong, if it's they, going to kill the Prince of Persia franchise. Well, I don't, I don't know about that either. I think it would. I think it would kill it 
as in it would still be a long time before we saw another one. But people said the same thing about that Prince of Persia game we got with uh, in 2008 or 2009, that a lot of people argued that that killed the franchise. And then we got Forgotten Sands, which was the t- the movie, the game that came out around the same time the movie did. Mm-hmm. A lot of people said that killed it. And here we are still getting a fucking remake. So I, it'll probably tarnish the name, sure, but we will f- still get more Prince of Persia games in the future. Well, we'll see how this one fares. But right now it's delayed indefinitely. Yeah. So it may never come out. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> Who'd have thought a remake stays in development hell? <laughs> I mean, it looked bad. <laughs> I remember watching the trailer and I was just like, ugh. <laughs> like, I was waiting for the for them to do that screen swipe where they're like, yeah. and now it looks like this. But no. Well, I think they did. <laughs> and it just still was like, oh. It was like, uh, it's not that different. <laughs> uh, it was rough. All right, so this next bit of news got me excited. Silent Hill composer Akira Yamaoka? 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 I'm really bad at pronouncing it. Akira Yamaoka. I I know Akira, but anyways. uh, The composer for Silent Hill mentioned that they're working on a new project. And that would be exciting in general. However... In an interview, they specifically said, this is the one you're hoping to hear about. And they mentioned that the game is expected to be announced sometime during the summer this year. Now, apparently this interview, you said it was removed? Yeah, according to what I saw, I think I saw this on Video Games Chronicle as well, that this interview was pulled from whoever was hosting it. I can't remember who did it. Um, So this sneaky motherfucker comes out of nowhere... And is like, hey, I'm composing music for a new project, and it's the one you're hoping to hear. It's going to be announced later this summer. And then it gets fucking removed. If I had a nickel for every time that a potentially Silent Hill-related thing were teased and then removed, PT, I would have two nickels. (laughs) Probably more. But still... This better be fucking Silent Hill. Yes, okay, so here it is. From Video Games Chronicle, uh, Yamaoka made the comments in an interview with YouTube channel AI Hub. The video in question has now been pulled from the channel, but not before the composer's comments were transcribed by multiple publications, including PSU and Silicon Era. It's not clear why the video was pulled. Probably because of the summer release thing. Yeah, I guarantee you he just said too much. And they're like, well, hold on, no, can't have that. Well, because, I mean, it's not unprecedented for something to have, like, a vague release window and then be removed to be altered because the release window is different Mm -hmm. or, you know, it's not set in stone. Yeah. So that's probably why it was pulled. I would bet on that at least. Yeah. But still, the fact that they said, this is the one you're hoping to hear about, it's the composer for Silent Hill, that's honestly what they're known for anytime that they're involved in a project, it's literally... Oh, this is the composer for Silent Hill. Like, that's their shining thing. This better be Silent Hill. It better be. So help me God. Yeah, I mean, the last time we saw Silent Hill in any capacity was the Dead by Daylight uh, add-on. Um, Which pissed people off because it wasn't a new Silent Hill. Yeah, I, what I'm reading on this is um, there's, as noted... As noted, as a according to a noted insider, a new Silent Hill game is 100% in development and likely to be announced soon. And then a Konami representative recently labeled separate claims that it was planning to reboot the Silent Hill franchise in a partnership with PlayStation as untrue. Um, 
And then last summer, Konami launched an official Silent Hill Twitter account to promote the Silent Hill crossover with Behavior Interactive's Dead by Daylight, further fueling speculation. So I don't think Silent Hill is by, dead by any means. I'm curious to see what direction they go with it, because the last time we heard there was going to be a new Silent Hill game was PT. And, uh, and that destroyed, but then jettisoned a man's career. Yeah. Or I guess amplified a man's career. He made him more of a household name than he already was. Yeah. So got him a new studio. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I think I, I don't understand the hype behind Silent Hill. Honestly, I get like it has a legacy, and the first few games you know are notable PlayStation games, by all means. But then everything after that, I don't think that anyone's ever really said a good thing critically, at least. Uh, I don't know how it does how it did commercially afterwards. I mean, it got two movies, which. Again, didn't do too well commercially or critically. <laughs> I think the so, first movie actually. The first one, right? I think the the first one turned a profit. The second one was but, garbage, but the first yeah. one was actually it, it's it's a good movie. I, it was alright. It's watchable. Yeah. I, I wouldn't say like, oh man, that was a great, fantastic film. It was yeah, just it was like good. it's there. It was just yeah. It, it, was, it was it was a fun little watch. But so, uh, I think the reason why Silent Hill means so much to people is because. When it was first introduced, it took horror in the video game space in a new direction. Yes. Where Resident Evil was more of an action horror game, even in the beginning, uh, and kind of went down a lot of, like, kind of campy... It didn't do anything. Kind of campy route. It It took the zombie genre and put it in video games and did it well. And Resident Evil is still great, and it's still... You know, a, a, a masterpiece by by those standards, but Silent Hill did things to innovate the genre forward. I think, where Silent Hill as a horror experience stands up, like as a milestone for the genre, for the horror genre. I think, even outside of video games, because it has such a sense of world and character, and they were doing things that seems so trite now, but they have like cinematic camera angles, dynamic mm-hmm. cameras uh, that Resident Evil just didn't have. You would go into a room, it would be a still camera, and that's it. That was the entire game. But Silent Hill did things where like the camera would, would tilt and follow a character down a corridor. Uh, it would give you the sense of you being watched. They used technical limitations to their advantage with the whole fog thing. The, the atmosphere and the character design was genuinely disturbing. And Silent Hill was tackling mature themes that video games just did not touch at the time, especially with Silent Hill 2. And that is, I think, important to the video game industry, and it left a mark on the people who played that game, so much so that we want more of it. And, let alone, this was one of the first times, I think, that a soundtrack for a game was sort of universally praised as like one of the crowning things for the game. I feel like a, a lot of games are out of time because uh, I don't know how closely Final Fantasy VIII and Silent Hill launched together, but Final Fantasy VIII, a big reason that game... Hell, it was a big reason the game didn't get a remaster for so long was because of the soundtrack. But, um, I mean, I, I, like I said, I, I totally understand why Silent Hill has a legacy and what it's done, mm-hmm. but since then, like, it's just... I feel like nowadays Silent Hill gets more people gets more of a conversation 
because of the incident with Kojima, not necessarily because it's Silent Hill. I honestly think it has everything to do with PT, because PT was sort of demonstrating a return to what the series meant. Yeah. And it was taking... Like, I, I seriously still think that when it comes to modern gaming, PT is the best example of horror that we've seen. Like, honest Fair. to goodness. And I think that it, just like the original Silent Hill, mm-hmm. I think PT pushed the horror genre in video games because it understood the atmosphere. It understood the sense of dread. It understood the, the sort of surrealism and the symbolism mm-hmm. of the imagery and everything. So, And uh, I think that's why people are now so reinvigorated when it comes to Silent Hill because PT showed us what Silent Hill could be if put in the right hands again. Because Silent Hill has been mishandled. No, for, it has been probably most of its existence at yeah. this point, honestly. I honestly <laughs> think the, the most recent Silent Hill game that was that understood, I would say, was Silent Hill Origins. That was the PSP title. Was yeah. Origins a remake of one, or was it a, no, a new it was iteration? A, its own standalone title. Okay. It was phenomenal. So, uh, but... Now, the question of that for me to you is, again, we went back to PT. Is it, is Silent Hill in the conversation, PT or not? Because at the end of the day, PT is a Silent Hill game in a way. I mean, it was. It, yeah. Is it because of Hideo Kojima? Again, like, why is, is the conversation that Silent Hill keeps popping up? People are excited about Silent Hill. Is it because people want to see how it's handled because of what Kojima did with PT? Or is it because Silent Hill is Silent Hill? I think it's a combination. Okay. Because PT was definitely taking notes from the original Silent Hill. For sure. uh, Or from Silent Hill as a series. Mm -hmm. And kind of like, okay, well, what are the core pillars of what Silent Hill means? And what does that mean in a modern gaming context? I think that Kojima did a phenomenal job in realizing that uh, with help from Guillermo del Toro. Yeah. Uh, and I still think Silent Hill could could be great without Kojima and without Guillermo. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think that you necessarily need them. You just need people to understand what Silent Hill is mm-hmm. without, without uh, kind of going into, you know, I guess the wrong direction or whatever. Whatever the fuck that means. But... I think people got excited from PT because it was good. Yeah. Like, if you remove all of the names at the end of the teaser with, like, the big reveal... Uh, yeah, Norman Reedus did not make PT. Guillermo del Toro did not... Well, okay, he probably played a hand in PT being what it is. Uh, but, like... Probably artistically, yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, if you remove all of the name reveals and people were just given PT as its own standalone experience, I still think people would talk about it. Mm-hmm. And yes, people talked about it more because it was teasing a big project with big names. So yeah, that's why it spread like wildfire online and it went viral or whatever. But it is still a genuinely well-designed masterpiece. It is a horror masterpiece, I think. Well, okay, but even that goes back to the point of, is it a masterpiece because of Kojima? Not because it's Silent Hill, because I, again, they did not, when PT was put out, they did not say it was Silent Hill. You had to play the game to find out it was a Silent Hill game. This is going to be a weird question. Okay. Why are Oreos delicious? Is it the cookie or the cream? I mean, it depends on who you ask. I personally like the cream. 
I would say you need both. And PT was amazing because it was the merging of a director who understood yes how to create a thing mm-hmm. and a franchise that had pillars there that could inform an awesome thing. Now that we have that example, I think somebody else who gets it can still do it. I don't think Kojima is the only mastermind in game development. By no means. Um, I don't think Silent Hill is the only amazing horror franchise in the video game industry. Mm -hmm. However, when you get a competent game developer at the helm of a, a, a... Legendary franchise. Thank you. A legendary franchise... That is a match made in heaven. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be Kojima. Right. PT is PT because probably of the team that worked on it. Yes. Yeah. But they were also using the information of what Silent Hill is to inform their creative decisions. And now we have that example, and I am excited to see what happens because of it. Because the fans are reinvigorated, the industry is clamoring for it, and I think now we have that example with which we can really dive into what a modern Silent Hill means. Okay. And that gets me hella excited. All right. Also, Silent Hill is the cream. The cookie is the developer. Okay. <laughs> At least that's my take. Yeah. I mean, like, my, <laughs> only, my only concern is, is that, for me, I feel like Silent Hill is being reinvigorated by the conversation just due to people are curious to see like for me at least like i don't give two shits about playing a silent hill game not a thing i appreciate what it is not my game i am curious to see will this game garner attention because it is good and i this game will garner attention for two reasons the biggest one being it is the first game konami will have put out that had Kojima's hands in it without him. Like, so, it's it's the conversation between with Metal Gear and then Silent Hill. Like, mm-hmm. everyone's like, will Konami put out another Silent Hill game knowing that the last one was Wasn't Metal Gear Solid Survive? Or Metal Gear Survive? It was a spin-off, but it wasn't a core game. So this, yeah. I'm assuming this next Silent Hill game will be a core game in the series, whether it's a reboot or not. Mm-hmm. I'm curious to see how people will f- respond to them. I think Silent Hill will do better than metal gear would i feel like people if if konami puts out another metal gear game without kojima people will be pissed like one way or another because that was his thing silent hill he you know he only touched one aspect of it so i don't think it'll get as much stuff but i just feel like again kojima write metal gear solid yeah he created that so that was his he didn't write silent hill yeah that's what i'm saying so like the response the negative response to metal gear solid will definitely be more overwhelming than anything silent hill Mm -hmm. was my just, I'm just curious how many people are watching this game just because they want to see something fall, you know? Like, I feel like more people are, like, interested not necessarily because it's a Silent Hill game, but it's because this is the first Silent Hill game being touched after Kojima left. So, that's where I see people are, like, eyeing it. Because, like, beforehand, when we had, like, Silent Hill Homecoming or Silent Hill Downpour and, and things of that nature, like, it was just mentioned in passing. Oh, okay, yeah, Silent Hill. I would argue that Homecoming was actually pretty good, though. But even then, like it so, was overlooked, yes. Yeah. But Homecoming was so that, that's where I'm thinking. Good. That's where I feel like this the conversation around Silent Hill is like, sure, yeah, it could be good. It could be this. It could be handled totally fine. It just got totally overshadowed by Dead Space, which came out like a month after. That's true. 
But I just feel like the only reason people are talking about it so much now is because it's like, how will this fare after the fallout of PT? I yeah. feel like it's just everyone's just eyeing it. I don't think anyone necessarily cares too much about it being a great game right now. Everyone just wants to know, like, is it coming? Because uh, you guys had one. <laughs> well, I can tell you this. I am excited for it. I am very hopeful that it's going to be a great game. I think this is Konami's last shot at keeping Silent Hill relevant. PT, yeah, I can agree with that. I think PT brought Silent Hill back, mm-hmm. and whatever Konami does next with the franchise is going to determine whether it stays mm-hmm. or goes away forever. I can agree with that. Yeah, I agree with that. And I guess we'll have to wait and see. Mm-hmm. Last thing up, PlayStation sold 4.5 million fi- uh, PlayStation 5s as of December 31st, 2020. Uh, no word on how many of those are actually in the hands of consumers. Y- yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it's probably in the hand of consumers. Just, you know, they probably... Just one how consumer much- with a garage full of thousands. Or how many of those consumers actually paid for it from PlayStation. <laughs> yeah. Um, God. So... The console was sold at a loss, which, good for them. That was the right move. Um, Isn't that what they did with the PS4 and the PS3? That's uh, what they did with the PS3 later. The problem with the PS3, and this is what the conversation was with PlayStation 5, everyone was so concerned with the price. Everyone thought the PS5 was going to start off at 600 bucks because they thought PlayStation was going to... They did it with the PS4. They sold it at a loss. The PS3, when it launched, was sold for 600 bucks, and that was because they were trying to make a profit off of the console sales. Mm-hmm. And it killed them because of it. Uh, and everyone thought they were going to try it again with the PlayStation 5. Like, all right, they're going to try to go again for it. They're going to try to make a profit off the console sales. And I remember I was a huge speaker on this. I'm like, they can't. They cannot. If they sell it trying to get it at a profit, they will fuck themselves again, and no one's going to buy this thing because it'll be too expensive to get in consumers' hands. Yeah, I mean, because all of the money that any console developer or console manufacturer makes is not on the console it's on the software that they sell exactly or the add-ons mm-hmm. um, or accessories or whatever so exactly yeah. and that's exactly what happened here they sold the console at a loss but made its money back in games and services uh and there's more breakdown in the numbers you can read this uh i believe i bolt this from I, this might have been actually video games chronicle again um but they killed their numbers when it came to games and software PlayStation Plus subscribers increased 22%. Spider-Man Miles Morales sold through 4.1 million units last year. So that's including both PS4 and PS5. But hot damn. Yeah. For a game that was at 40 that launched at a standard price of 40 bucks. Or no, 50 bucks. And launched on two consoles and is maybe only like it's a small little portion. Like that's insane. I think that just shows what happens when you slap Spider-Man on something. People fucking love Spider-Man. That's what. Well, so uh, to that argument, the Spider-Man games were not doing so hot for quite a while. Uh, Shattered Dimensions was probably the last one that did pretty well before the Marvel game or the the PlayStation exclusive. I'd be curious to see the the sales figures though, because whether or not they were commercially or uh, critically successful, I still think. Like, I mean, working at GameStop, a shit ton of people were buying Spider-Man games. Just well, on the name alone. But a big thing for that, though, so Shattered Dimensions was the last critical success for a Spider-Man game before Sp- uh, Marvel Spider-Man on the PlayStation. Mm-hmm. They then had the follow-up Edge of Time, which still, it sold. It did not sit- sell very well. 
because it and, but the concept for it was really cool it also did not do well critically and then after that they had the amazing spider-man games which were based off of the movies which again same deal did do you okay think spider-man has had sort of a resurgence because of the more recent movies uh no I think very much so with this game being a PlayStation exclusive, and I think when people... I was one of these people, when they announced Insomniac was developing a Spider-Man game, I stood up and legitimately stood up in a movie theater and screamed and cheered. Because I think people have been wanting Spider-Man games. Spider-Man games have been around for years, and he's definitely probably the most marketable superhero outside of Batman, maybe. Well, you know, he probably makes more money than Batman does, too. Um, Fuck Batman. But I said it. Uh, okay. Well, I actually well, had an opportunity to fuck Batman once, but that's a separate story. Jesus Christ. Uh, Maybe for the other show. But that's but the thing being is that everyone's like, oh, you can put... Like, I think people recognize what you said. People were slapping Spider-Man's name on a bunch of shit. But, again, slapping sh- Spider-Man on a pile of shit, still a pile of shit. So, yeah. I think when people recognize a quality Spider-Man game was coming out, and it looked good, and it was going to be open world, not just not a linear game like the last few had been. I think that's what got it to sell well. None of those other games touched Spider-Man 2018's numbers in yeah. any way. I mean, honestly, I think I think Spider-Man is PlayStation's biggest game right now, as far as the money that they can make from it, as far as the just the name recognition. Uh, I think that's their strongest exclusive, just because you don't have to be a part of the PlayStation family to understand how big of a deal Spider-Man is. Yep. And, I mean, the numbers show that this shit sells, and you have Insomniac at the helm. And they've like, got more, they make more money out of this than anybody, because PlayStation still owns the movie rights yeah. to Spider-Man. So, I mean... I think more of that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> As long as they keep making it great, I will keep playing it. Yeah, I mean, it's like you said with Silent Hill. Like, you put it, you take a good franchise, with a legendary franchise, and put it in the hands of the right people, and you'll print money. Spider Man is an example of what Silent Hill could be. <laughs> That's weird. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> That's a really fucking weird I don't know thing if, it, if it get that, that high level of success, but yes. No, honestly, <laughs> though, like, it could, it could be another one. Like, it could, I feel like Silent Hill could be on that level. Of something like Spider-Man or God of War, where I it could become a staple of the PlayStation name. Yeah, yeah, it's it's been it's been primed. Now we just gotta cook it and season it. But we need a fucking good chef. I just don't know any other names of Konami developed because everything else. I mean, right now the only thing Konami's developed in house in the last few years has been Yu-Gi-Oh and Pro Evolution Soccer. Legitimately, that, that's about. They're basically the same thing as Silent Hill. I, I, I mean, smush those together, <laughs> and that's Silent Hill. <laughs> but like that, that's about it. So it's just like I don't. They'd have to pull. They're have to pull some outside help. I imagine if they're trying to get someone like. If Honestly, I can guarantee they're basically just letting somebody else make it. Like I don't, I don't trust Konami to develop it. Let them publish it, whatever. But I well, think well, that's the thing. So Konami, I don't know who, what the restructure they've had. I don't know who they could pull in to do it with what they could afford. Because Konami, again, everything they've put out so far, majority of the things when it comes to games, they develop in-house. Uh, I mean, we saw... Hell, that's Konami's MO for a while. That's what they did with um, Metal Gear for the longest time. Mm-hmm. All those are developed in-house. So, I don't know who they could pull. 
I guess we'll find out. Mm-hmm. And you can bet your ass that when we find out, you will know on the next episode of Dual Senses. Why are you questioning this? Because <laughs> I worded that weird. <laughs> we'll talk about it on Dual Senses whenever there's a new Silent Hill thing because, you know, I'm fucking excited about it. Alex, not so much, but... <laughs> I'm, I'm, I, I just oh, I have faith in it. If Silent Hill had a good track record, I'd be like, oh, cool. But I'm like, I don't give a fuck about a Silent Hill game. The last seven haven't been good. <laughs> so, <laughs> or at least they haven't been critically They haven't lit received. the world on fire. Yeah. Except yeah. for PT. Yeah, PT being the only one since 2000... When did Homecoming come out? What, seven? Same year as Dead Space. Eh, that's probably 08, 09. Because I think it was literally a month before Dead Space. Yeah. Because Dead Space was one of the first Platinums that I got. And I remember Homecoming didn't have a Platinum. It didn't have trophies. Yeah, because trophies had just come out not long after. Yeah, so it was right around that point in time. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would say that's probably 09. Yeah. All right. Thank you for listening. If you enjoy the show, please share it with a friend. Share it with another PlayStation fan or somebody who enjoys weird conversations and allusions to sexual encounters with Batman. Um, mm. But mostly if they're a PlayStation fan. <laughs> Probably share Steven's other show, if that's... <laughs> <laughs> share all the shows, please. Um, and if you, if you love us and want to support us, then consider going to mtfproductions.com slash donate. You can financially support the show, help us afford fancy microphones, I guess. Um, maybe some ramen noodles. Uh-huh. Ramen noodles are good. Sudden craving. <laughs> I want pasta. And we got noodles here. <laughs> we got like six different types of pad thai. That's real. There's about a, a whole set shelf in our freezer right now. It's just frozen pad thai. <laughs> All right, so I know what I'm doing now. Immediately after recording this. Okay, bye. See you later, love, love, love.